Coming up on We Talk News this week, all is quiet in the U.S. Senate on the cannabis reform front, but not in the House, where the safe banking bill gets passed again, sort of, this time attached to the defense budget. So now what? Plus, a former mayor from Massachusetts gets sentenced to jail for bribery in a pay-for-a-weed-license scam. And the 31st annual Freedom Rally in Boston celebrates legalization and open consumption of cannabis. That's Mount Michael Malta, named after the King of Pot. We, that's what we named it. It's that people get high up there every single day of the year. And Cresco Labs acquires three Pennsylvania medical dispensaries for $90 million on We Talk News next. PCM-TV is supported by Salient Systems, a world leader in video management security, and by Revolutionary Clinics, a medical dispensary where the patient comes first, and by Accounting Buds, your number one CPA specialist for the cannabis industry. We are pro-cannabis media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to We Talk News for this week. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. So have you told us your cannabis story yet? I mean, come on, log on to the website, come out of the cannabis closet. You could win a state-of-the-art cannabis container system from your story with an I.com. Just tell us your story with a Y on our website, Pro Cannabis Media. Tell us what role cannabis has played in your life and you could win with us and your story with an eye.com. Our top story this week comes from our nation's capital. You know, every time we interview Michael Correa, the director of government relations from the NCIA, he always talks about the low hanging fruit that is the Safe Banking Act. After all, it's passed the House three times before going nowhere in the Senate. Well, now it's passed a House committee again, but this time it's attached to the defense budget bill for 2022. This is how politics works in Washington, D.C. Now, even though the official safe banking bill actually passed the House in April of 2021, 321 to 101, it never even made it to a Senate committee. Now, pro-cannabis reformers are hoping that attaching the safe banking act to the annual military defense budget bill should at least get a hearing in the Senate. We'll get the latest from the NCIA on Friday's Green Rush Live at 4 p.m. as we talk to Morgan Fox, the director of communication for the NCIA. Next up, what's going on with weed on Wall Street, you ask? Here's Deborah Borchardt from the Green Market Report. Deborah? This is the business update for Weed Talk News from the Green Market Report. It was all about acquisitions this week. Michigan-based SkyMint is buying 315 cannabis and also closing on a $70 million loan that is associated with Sundial Growers and an $8 million equity investment from Merida Capital. This deal is going to bring their workforce up to 730 employees with 27 locations. They expect an additional 18 plus locations in the 2021-2022 pipeline. Innovative Industrial Properties paid $1.35 million for a property in Missouri that is associated with Calix Peak. They've agreed to provide reimbursement of up to $26 million for that. 
Stem Holdings, also known as Driven by Stem, is buying an Oregon-based extraction company called Artifact Extracts and Two Dispensaries. That deal is valued at $2.9 million. And this week, the SEC filed charges against three individuals and one issuer on a crowdfunding scheme for two cannabis companies that raised $2 million. They were supposed to buy and invest in cannabis properties, but they didn't do that. They siphoned the money off for personal use. In addition to that, the SEC charged the registered crowdfunding portal, TrueCrowd, and its CEO, who placed the offerings on the portal's platform. That's it for this week. I'm Deborah Borchart from the Green Market Report for Weed Talk News. Now, if you follow cannabis reform around the country like we do here on We Talk News, you know that Oklahoma has become a major player in the medicinal marketplace with over 8,600 grow licenses issued and over 2,000 dispensaries open. Now, a group of law enforcement and agriculture groups from that state sent a letter to the Oklahoma state regulators asking for a moratorium on granting any more growing licenses in that state. Right now, there are more growers of cannabis in Oklahoma than any other crop. Next week, we'll be introducing you to a new Canacaster correspondent who lives in Oklahoma by the name of Dion Osborne. He covers the cannabis beat for the Black Wall Street Times and continuing to cover Michigan for us, as always, is Rick Thompson, the executive director of Normal. And here's the Michigan Report for this week with Rick. Rick. Hello again. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson for Weed Talk News. Let's begin. Well, it might be a rainy week in Michigan, but the state is hot with mergers and acquisitions. Let's start with the most hated name in Michigan cannabis, SkyMint, who this week announced they are gobbling up competitor 315 Cannabis in a deal with an undisclosed price tag. SkyMint will now have 27 retail locations in Michigan, making them the top dogs in the state. 315 is a portfolio member of Meridian Holdings, the New York-based speculation firm. And Meridian is an important part of the SkyMint story, however, as they had to give $8 million to SkyMint in order to complete the sale. Does that sound backwards to you? It should, but it makes total sense when you understand SkyMint's cash-poor position and their desperate attempt at grabbing as much market share as they can get. SkyMint low-key announced a $70 million cash infusion this week from Tropics LP, further watering down SkyMint's actual ownership of their own company. And why are they the most hated company in Michigan? Because they treat the state's medical marijuana program as a business obstacle needing to be removed instead of a longstanding part of Michigan's cannabis consumer culture. The second merger is an all-stock deal worth $545 million, and that brings Gage Cannabis Company from Detroit under the wing of TerraSend, which is the New York and Toronto-based company with an international reach. Earlier this year, Gage, which is the exclusive dealer in the state for the Cookies brand of products, announced plans to take cookies into Canada. That would give the TerraSend-Gage combo 23 stores in Michigan. This is a solid joining of two companies on the upswing as compared to SkyMint's failing and faltering approach. Gage had $32 million in cash on hand at the time of the sale, whereas SkyMint had to get paid before they could acquire 315. Gage has embraced social equity and harmony in Michigan, whereas SkyMint's my way or the highway approach has left them with champagne dreams on a beer budget. 
Michigan's market is expanding and companies can make many mistakes and still remain profitable. But Skyman's constant stream of public relations disasters has made them the laughing stock of the state. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. This weekend was the deadline for the state of New Jersey to be ready to handle the first wave of cannabis licenses. But now it looks like they will not be ready to start the first step in the legal adult use market. That deadline has been extended. The Garden State has already ruled out most of the popular categories of edibles, including brownies, cookies, and gummies. They're all out, but lozenges in New Jersey are in. Now that state will delay the acceptance of licenses again for a few more days. Once again, this shows that even in states where voters overwhelmingly approve the legalization of adult use of cannabis at the ballot box, the process of opening the market is always a slow one. Unless, of course, you do it like Arizona did and grant adult use licenses to already existing medical dispensary licensees holders. Just north of New Jersey, there's a state called New York. Perhaps you've heard of it. And that state also has an adult use program ready to go that they voted in through the legislature, but they too are slowly ramping up their program. Now at least there's a regulatory board to start those application processes and the licenses. Christina D. Giovanni from the Emerald Media Group has the latest from the Empire State. Christina? I'm Christina D. Giovanni from Emerald Media Group reporting for We Talk News. The state of New York this week is moving things along faster than anyone could have anticipated. Governor Hochul has already selected the final two individuals for the regulatory committee. They're Reuben McDaniel and Jessica Garcia. These two complete the committee and now the state can move forward in the regulatory process for recreational cannabis. Many of us here in the state of New York are very excited for this news and we cannot wait to see what comes next for the great state of New York. For Weed Talk News, I'm Christina DiGiovanni. Every summer, most states hold an official fair with all sorts of agricultural contests like the best pies, best livestock, and now in California, the best weed. That's right. Details are still being worked out on whether the legacy market will be able to compete. But it looks like the California's state fair will be the first state fair in the union to give out an award for best cannabis. With the rest of the news from Planet California, here's American Cannabis Report reporter Chris Smith. Chris? I'm Christopher Smith, publisher of the American Cannabis Report, bringing you the roundup from Planet California for Weed Talk News. Come for the Ferris wheel, stay for the weed. Next year, California State Fair will have a new kid on the block. Along with its famous wines, cheeses, olive oils, and craft beers, the state's 7,000 cannabis growers can now bring their green goods. Entries will be judged at a lab on seven categories of cannabinoids and terpene profiles. It'll be the first opportunity for most people to see an actual cannabis plant, but there won't be any product to sample, purchase, or consume. Some things never change. BYOC. California's small cannabis farmers in the Emerald Triangle are the heart and soul behind the greatest cannabis in the world. And just like Napa Valley wines or Iowa corn, new regulations allow the region to market its appellations to indicate the unique blend of soil, climate, and generations of experience that conjure cannabis karma in the Northern Hills. Or as they say in Humboldt County, instead of competing with factory farms promoting absurdly high THC, 
Our sun-grown organic boutique craft cannabis is sustainably produced with the health of humanity in mind. Just add music. We got a campaign. California is the state of dualities. This mountains and beaches, huge cities and little seaside villages, venture capital and Venice Beach, and it's also where propaganda meets reality. The Golden State is suffering through the second epic drought in 20 years. Farming of everything from peas to pumpkins to pistachios slurps 89% of the water in the San Joaquin Valley. And 700 residential wells have come up dry throughout the state this year, up 724% compared to 2020. The biggest slurping sound comes from the mainstream media drinking propaganda milkshakes and blaming cannabis farmers for stealing water. Don't let the propaganda fool you. God's favorite plant is not nearly as thirsty as the miles of oranges, almonds, and avocados that feed America. All are healthy. None should be demonized. So media, lay off the propaganda. You're drunk. Hall of Flowers. And finally, after a long year of shutdowns, the Hall of Flowers Cannabis Expo is absolutely popping up in Santa Rosa this week. It's been a great opportunity for old friends to see each other, to pass from the left again using this year's key accessory, your own joint holder. Good times, or I should say high times, were had by all. And I'm Christopher Smith from the American Cannabis Report, beaming in from Planet California for Weed Talk News. In Illinois, one of the largest multi-state operators that is based in that state is Cresco Labs. They now have 10 dispensaries in Illinois alone, and they're expanding their already existing footprint in Pennsylvania with the acquisition of three more medical dispensaries in that state for $90 million. Cresco has acquired Cures, three dispensaries that combined with four more that they already own, and that brings their total for Cresco Labs to seven in Pennsylvania. With the rest of the news from the Illinois market, here's Margot Vaselli. Margot? I'm Margot Vaselli from Margawana with this week's We Talk News Report from Illinois. This just in, Pamela Altoff, who's been the executive director for the Cannabis Business Association of Illinois since 2019, just announced she's stepping down from her position. Know of anyone looking for a job? Altoff previously served as a Republican Illinois state senator from Northwest Suburban McHenry County from 2003 to 2018. She subsequently ran for and holds a seat on the McHenry County Board now. Lightfoot just gave us the green light to expand cannabis businesses in the Chicagoland area. Previously limited to certain jurisdictions, this has now been expanded due to the high demand and increasing long lines. Illinois Craft Grow licenses applicants just received notices from the Department of Agriculture allowing for fixes to their applications so that they can receive a higher score. While the Department of Agriculture hasn't explicitly said anything, this is presumed in preparation for another round of 60 Craft Grow licenses to be awarded by December 21st, 2021. 
That's the Illinois Report. I'm Margo Vaselli for We Talk News. In two weeks, the Vermont Cannabis Control Board will report to the legislature there a plan for how and when licenses for the new adult use market will be awarded. In the meantime, our green nurse in Vermont is Jessie Lindolin, and she is always busy making sure her state does the right thing for both patients and growers alike. Here's Jessie Lindolin's Vermont Cannabis Report for this week. Jessie Lynn? Thanks, Jimmy. I'm Jessie Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. The Vermont Cannabis Advisory Board Subcommittees in Public Health, Market Structure, Licensing, Taxes and Fees, Compliance and Enforcement, Social Equity, and Medicinal Cannabis have met twice a week throughout September to address recommendations for the impending adult use market. None of these meetings have been virtually streamed, but the public has been welcome to attend in person at the state capitol. They'll be finalizing their recommendations to send to the Cannabis Control Board by October 1st. This week, the Marijuana for Symptom Relief Oversight Committee also finalized their draft recommendations about the future structure of this committee as the medical program will now fall under the management of the Cannabis Control Board. Advocates, patients, cultivators, and consumers are still encouraged to speak up through public comment in meetings and written comments on the Cannabis Control Board's website. Once again, cannabis advocates have until October 1st to send in their comments, so don't delay. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. In Massachusetts next week, one of the most informative informational conferences of the year is back. It's the fifth annual Burns and Levinson annual State of the Cannabis Industry Conference in Waltham. It's an all-day event with interviews with state regulators like the commissioner Stephen Hoffman himself, and it's held all day long in Waltham, a suburb of Boston from 9 to 5. You can find out more on the Burns and Levinson law firm website, and yes, Pro Cannabis Media will be there, and there will be an announcement at that event that could and should shake up the cannabis industry. Frank Siegel from Burns and Levinson will be our guest on Green Rush Live on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Pro Cannabis Media OTT network of distribution platforms. Finally tonight, it's the Bay State Cannabis Report. Here's our own Canacaster, Ron Marshallsey. Ron? I'm Ron Marshallsey with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for We Talk News. The former mayor of Fall River, Massachusetts, received a six-year prison term on charges including fraud and extortion tied to the licensing of local marijuana businesses. Jason Correa was sentenced Tuesday for extorting hundreds of thousands of dollars from cannabis entrepreneurs hoping to win business permits. Correa was convicted in May on charges of wire fraud, extortion, and extortion conspiracy. It is not yet known when his prison term will begin. Last Saturday was the 31st annual Boston Freedom Rally. Pro-cannabis media was there to capture the change in the air from an event that was once about sticking it to the man while smoking defiantly in a public area to one of simply enjoying the legal market that citizen consumers created. Here, we're the stewards of Boston Common. That's Mount, Mi that's Mount Michael Malta, named after the King of Pot. We, that's what we named it. It's that people get high up there every single day of the year. And it's great and it's beautiful. I love the fact that we 
have so many people here openly consuming and enjoying the right, the freedom, the freedom that we worked so hard for so long to get. So stand up for yourself, advocate for yourself. Citizen consumers are important because we made the market and we make the market. That market is not only alive and well, but thriving in Boston. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey. And finally tonight, if you're keeping score at home, a new financial report on the growing cannabis market worldwide reports that growth of sales internationally will be 41% over last year, reaching close to $31 billion in weed sales worldwide. In the U.S., where the plant is still illegal at the federal level, the total of sales should reach $24 billion this year alone. Remember, 44% of the U.S. population over the age of 21 now lives in states where cannabis is legal, only in America. Yes, that would be a quote from Don King. That's it for this week's Weed Talk News. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of Pro Cannabis Media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Media programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro Canna Media, on Instagram at Pro Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at Pro Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro Canna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash Pro Cannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.